I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to another episode of Scam Squad. Welcome, Vicki. Hi, Patty. Good to be here. It's always great to have you here, and I'll let you introduce our expert from Montecito Bank and Trust. Yes, well, we're lucky again today to have Sean Dyer, who's the Senior Fraud Specialist at Montecito Bank and Trust. Welcome, Sean. Tell us what's happening since you're on the front lines there. What are you seeing? Hi, Vicki and Patty. Thanks for having me back. We are experiencing our usual types of fraud with check fraud, but one of the things that we see now and again is resurfacing. We believe it focuses more towards elders simply because it's something that goes through the U.S. mail. And a lot of the younger generations, they do everything online. They don't receive a lot of mail anymore because you can do everything online. This is what we call the inheritance via a dormant account scam, international scam. We've seen this over the years, but it's where a bank overseas somewhere in general, there is an employee at this bank who has been monitoring their dormant accounts and they mail the letter to someone who has the same last name as their dormant customer. And dormant means that the monies have been sitting there for more than seven years with no activity. So the letter is sent to a person with the same last name, but they have your first and last name and your address. And it is through the U.S. mail. And they say that they, you know, this money's been sitting there. There's no living relatives. And how about we make a deal? And I will facilitate this. And it's uh, like $3 million and we'll split the money. So that's the gist of the letter. But of course, if you contact the person, you need to send some fees for whatever type of thing they're requesting. And this particular letter went to my parents and my mom knew right away it was a scam because I'm always telling her about all the scams that we received. So this letter came through the U.S. mail, the postage stamp through the machine showed Los Angeles. So right off the bat, we know it's not coming from overseas. There's no other markings. It's just gone through the mail sorter in in Los Angeles. The letter is on a fake letterhead that says Bank of Singapore International Private Banking with all their information. And then it got um, the person who's signing it. It's their email address, which is a Gmail address. Obviously nothing from the bank. It's just a scam that they try to get you to engage. So, Sean, I have seen this letter. I have have, um, been aware of this scam. But let me ask you a question. So you, you said it was a Gmail address and not an email address. What's the distinction and how is that a a red flag for people? He supposedly works for the Bank of Singapore, but he's supplying a personal email address, his personal email address 
That would be a Gmail address if it's your personal account as opposed to an email address, which is business. Well, I shouldn't have said it like email, but like, for example, my my work email address is sdyer at montecito.bank because that's where my work email address, just like you, you know, yours would be tied to the county. And Gmail is for people to use personally, or if they're doing their own business, they might have that. But if he is right. working for a bank, it would not be a Gmail address. It would not Gmail. be personal. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So is it true that this business with dormant accounts, because the letter I saw said exactly the same thing. The account has been dormant for seven years. There's been no activity. We're reaching out to you. It wasn't me. The letter came to somebody else. But we're reaching out to you because you could be a relative and uh, there's no other living relatives. So is this a real thing, this dormant account? Yes, that is a real process. So in banking, first you go through, accounts can go through an inactive period where after two years of no activity, we are required to make every effort, letter, email, phone calls to contact you to let you know that your account is going to switch now from an inactive status to dormant status try to get you to do some sort of activity on your account, write a check, Mm -hmm. make a deposit, something to keep it active. Right. Then when it goes into dormant state and there's no activity for seven years, those funds are cheated to the state. Oh, okay. It's not usual that it's sitting there and there's no living relative. People usually come forward and realize, okay, I got to get my money. But that is the process that funds are cheated to the state. Well, they actually go into a state account that you can access. If you can prove who you are, you can actually get those funds back. There's a website that you can go on to initiate this process. But it's interesting with these letters that there is some truth to the letter. There is such a thing as a dormant account. There is a seven-year no-activity procedure that they follow. There is an attempt to find an heir, find somebody. There's a grain of truth that you can understand why someone would fall for it, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. It would seem very unscrupulous for a banker to say, I'll split it with you. I mean, that seems very... Exactly. (laughs) And, And we know that from all other scams that they're looking for those suckers who mm-hmm. will fall for something like this, that if you mm-hmm. read this and you're willing, you know, you think this could be a legitimate thing and you're going to call my international private phone number or you're going to email my personal Gmail to find out more than they've hooked you. And that's yep. exactly what they want. They right, want those yep. people. And, and this letter's probably gone to everyone with the same last name in the country. They're doing a mass mailing, and they're seeing if they can get any takers. Yeah. yeah. A numbers game, I guess, is what it is. And you must yeah. feel for someone who is elderly, who grew up in a different era where you don't get these kind of scam letters, and they maybe get something in the mail, and that makes it seem legitimate to them. So it is very, very sad, especially if people lose money due to this scam. And these letters look very legitimate. You know, they've got the letterhead, they've got the mm-hmm. signatures, they've got all the signage on them that makes it look like the Bank of Singapore. And, and I'm sure they use a real bank and a real bank's logo, which scammers know. Yeah, how to yeah, copy. they just copy and paste. Yeah. 
the whole thing looks quite legitimate until you get to the part where the fraudster says, hey, maybe we could split this. And then, then you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anything else going on that you're noticing, Sean? We haven't had anyone tell us about it, but I just thought to bring it up. The other mailings that are going out to people where they're getting these letters or packets and they're the seeds. And I don't know, did we talk about this maybe before? Oh, no, but I've heard about this one. So tell us what's happening. Yeah. So, yes, so people are receiving these envelopes and they open them up and it looks to be like they might have some package or, or product that they've ordered when in fact it's just a little tiny packet of literally seeds to, to right. plant. And you know, nobody's requested them, nobody's ordered them, don't know what type of seeds they are, what they're doing, and don't know why they were the target. But the news indicated that they don't, you know, certainly don't want anyone planting these seeds. We don't know if they're aggressive type plant that'll take over. And certainly it's probably not indigenous to the area and so forth. I thought it was yeah, very interesting. And why very now? Interesting. I, I read, right, I read about this, and they appear to have been sent from China, and it's called a brushing scam. So it's where folks receive items that they've never ordered, just like you say. And then what happens, and I don't know how this helps anybody, but apparently the seller then posts a fake customer review to boost the sale of the product. So I guess if they send it to you, then they can use your information to say, oh, this person received these seeds and they'll publish a fake review, perhaps using your name. And these fake reviews will boost the sale of their product, they hope. So it's kind of a far out idea, but it's becoming much more prevalent. We haven't been notified that I'm aware of by any customers that they've received it, but I just thought that was an interesting scam. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I just recently got a uh, little uh, bulletin on that particular scam, so I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to mention it. Yeah, thank you. The BBB has a podcast that they do also called Your Moment of Trust, and they talked about it as well. And, you know, they just want you to call the authorities, but I'm forgetting which authority. If I find it, I'll put it in the show notes and add it. But like you said, it just seems so bizarre. And it seems to have something to do with collecting their data as well, but I don't know exactly how it works. Mm-hmm. And it can be anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be seeds. It can be other kinds of uh, merchandise. And apparently there's never a return address. It appears to come from Amazon or another retailer. And uh, the items can be very different. I'm looking at a little bulletin here. In one case, it was a humidifier, a hand warmer, a flashlight, a Bluetooth speaker. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, all unordered. All uh, lightweight, inexpensive to ship, like ping pong balls, for Mm -hmm. example. Once you get them, then the supplier will post a fake positive review to improve their product's ratings, which apparently pays off in more sales for them. But the fact that somebody was able to have the items sent to you as if you had purchased them indicates that they probably have some of your personal information, name, address, phone number, because when they publish a fake online review, they're going to have to use some of your information. Mm. So very interesting. Very interesting. 
It, it does say, by the way, this is from the Federal Trade Commission, you have a legal right to keep the unordered merchandise. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. And a, and a little unsettling to uh, open up a package that you didn't purchase, especially seeds. I don't know. You just wonder, what is this? Well, as Sean said, you're not supposed to try and plant them. No. Get rid of them. Yeah. We always appreciate Montecito Bank and Trust. And Sean, thank you for sharing that inheritance, phony inheritance scam. It's a good reminder to us. And stay on the line if you can, because Vicki always shares some good news. Here's what I think is good news. And this is something I got from the Federal Trade Commission. And Patty, I can't remember if I shared this before, but I will share it again. And here's the headline, Robocall Reports Still Down. Federal Trade Commission still fighting. So apparently people have been reporting getting fewer robocalls, and they are thinking that some of the work of the Federal Trade Commission might be playing a part in that. So apparently the Federal Trade Commission is trying to go after some of these services that allow the robocalls to go through. They are sending warning letters to be followed up perhaps by some legal action if the providers don't follow up on the warnings and shut down their service. So I don't know if you've noticed any difference in robocalls, but apparently, according to the reports, the robocalls are decreasing. So there's your good news. That is very good news. I still do get a lot of robocalls, but oftentimes I'm able to know not to answer them because it will say potential scam. Yeah. I think most phone services now do provide some kind of an app or a service that will block a lot of these calls. And I have been told that Nomo Robo is a good way to go. If you can sign up for Nomo Robo, that will cut down on about 90% of Mm. these calls. Wow, that's a good tip. I love the name, too. You can remember that one. (laughs) Nomo Robo. I I notice they're advertising on TV now. Now, I haven't used it myself, but I don't get a lot of robocalls, thankfully. But I have heard from other people that it has made a difference in the amount of calls they're getting. So there you go. There's my good news for the day. And that is very good news. Well, thank you so much, Sean. Thank you, Vicki. And Vicki, before we get off, would you just share your phone number in case anyone wants to report a scam or talk to you about something that may be a potential scam? Of course. You can reach me at area code 805-568-2442. And I'll repeat that. 805-568-2442. Thank you, Vicki. And once again, thanks to Montecito Bank and Trust for helping us to cut down on scams in the Santa Barbara community. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Bye, everybody. Patty. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.